Welcome to IABC's podcast, The Voice, for marketers, communicators, and creative professionals everywhere. Brought to you by Media Style. This episode hosted by Danny Starr. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Voice, the official podcast of IABC. I'm your host, Danny Starr, and I'd like to welcome listeners from across Canada and around the world. Today, I'm really happy to be joined by George Parker. George has over 40 years of experience in the advertising industry. He currently spends his time doing work as a creative consultant, and he's written articles in the past for Adweek and is currently a writer for Business Insider. And if you haven't yet picked up his book, I strongly recommend that you take a look at Confessions of a Madman, currently available on Amazon. I know I've read it, uh, full of a lot of interesting stories on the advertising business through the 60s, uh, through the current time. And uh, today we're going to talk a lot about uh, things that he's learned over the years and a little bit about where we think the industry's going. So welcome to The Voice, George. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great to have you. Let, let's get started today by maybe starting back in the 60s, right? I mean, this is a period of time in, in, in advertising that's popularized by the show Mad Men, of course, right? And so yeah. when I went out to my social networks and asked people, you know, what would I ask a real-life madman um, about that time, somebody came back to me with a Vanity Fair article from January 2007 that talks about um, George Lois... Um, creating the famous uh, Sonny Liston Esquire cover of December 1963 with Sonny Liston in a um, Santa hat. And the article, you know, sort of uses that to talk about what a sort of groundbreaking um, thing that was at the time. Um, George, what do you think that, that that magazine cover represented at the time? And what do you think that that sort of meant in the 60s? Well, it was obviously, um, it was like a bomb exploding because, you know, America in those days was still very racially charged, you know, and it was still, I mean, it was the era where, you know, in the South, there were separate facilities for toilets, buses and whatever else, you know, and it wasn't until the mid 60s that that started to change. And some would say there are still vestiges of that current now, you know, and I wouldn't argue against that. But it was... Um, very dramatic then because it wasn't just it was the fact that Liston was seen don't forget as like he'd done time for armed robbery for crying out loud you know and uh, he was an ex-felon maybe some people regard him as a current felon you know and the fact that George actually used him uh, particularly for uh, Christmas time cover was a great and it was a great reflection on uh, Hayes who was the um the editor of Vanity Fair at the time, who took, I mean, he would be, I compare that to what I call the client from heaven. In my entire 40-year career, I've had two or three clients that were absolutely great. There is one in particular who was terrific, who was the CEO of Quest Communications when I used to do all their stuff about seven or eight years ago. And he would give me complete carte blanche to do whatever I thought was right for the account. He's currently in jail serving six-year terms, so... That's the kind of influence that I have on people, but we won't go into the details on that. And um, 
I, those kind of uh, situations just don't happen anymore. I mean, everybody is so risk averse and everything is so researched and, you know, vanilla, plain, that people just don't take chances anymore. Because as I've said, um, I said it in a presentation to the 4As a couple of years ago, there are two things I've noticed. Um, you know, a question I very often get asked when I'm doing a speech or a presentation is because I've been in the business of 40 years, I must have seen many, many changes. And I used to attempt to answer that until it finally dawned on me. There have only been two really major changes in the last 40 years or so. And that's um, what I call the, the advent of the Internet and social networking, which has changed not just advertising, but publications and communications in general. And the other one is um, the conglomerization of the business, whereby all the major agencies, with the exception of one, which is Widening Kennedy, but all the major agencies now belong to um, one of four big, what I, I call them, big dumb holding companies. And what you have to understand is all the holding companies, Omnicom, Interpublic, WPP, and uh, Publicis, are all publicly traded companies, and they're all run by bean counters. So the only thing that matters are the quarterly numbers. And to make that work, you know, it's nothing to do with the quality of the work that is produced by the agency. It's just making those numbers every, you know, three months. And that's destroying, in my opinion, that's destroying the business. You talk a bit there about, uh, you know, working with a great client. What is it that really distinguishes a good client from a bad one? It's simple. It's why can, you can sum it up in one word, and that's trust. Um, the problem now is because, well, it's not just the agencies that are being driven by the bean counters. It's also the clients as well. I mean, if you go back to this um, the article that was in Vanity Fair about the uh, cover for Esquire, the editor trusted George Lois and said, yeah, just go and do it, whatever you think is right. That never happens these days because, first of all, most things are like research to death to make sure that, um, you know, nothing too risky gets through the sieve. And don't forget, Bill Birnbach once said, the problem with the research is that it is based on whatever has happened before. Anything that is new and revolutionary will research badly because there are no guidelines against which to uh, to judge it. You know, he's a guy, never forget, Dame Burbach, which actually George Lois worked for before he started uh, Papert, Koenig and Lois. Dame Burbach was famous for, um, you know, many great campaigns from Volkswagen to Chivas Regal to you name it. Um, and one of their most famous campaigns was the Avis. When you're number two, you try harder which has a you know sort of logic to it that you can't deny but when it was when they came up with that campaign and showed it to the president of Avis he said oh my god we, we can't say we're number 2 makes us sound second rate and bill bermack said no it makes you sound as if you're going to actually try harder that's the whole point of it and so the avis president said well you're the agency you know best let's do it and of course the rest is history what is funny is um Avis stayed with that uh, tagline for, I guess, 
40 years, you know. And now they've just changed it to something, I can't even remember what it is, but it, it's so dumb and iniquitous that you can't even remember it. Why would you change something if it's worked so well for so long? But people, as I come back, come back to that single word, trust. If I was the current agency, which is not Doldan Boombag because it doesn't exist anymore, I would have said, no, stick with that because it's worked forever and it will continue to work forever. One of the things that's really interesting in your book, though, is that you talk about gathering lots of data, right? Like there's the story of you going to, and I, I, sorry, I can't remember the name of the um, alcohol brand it was, where you go to like the factory, oh, the yeah. nondescript factory in Detroit, right? And you meet the doctor and you, yeah. or the, you know, and you base the whole campaign around how he eats bland food in order to make sure that he's able to test and, and property properly perform quality control on his company's yeah. product. How does that research sort of different from the research that you're talking about people making all their decisions with today? Oh, because that, that's that's research to find out the facts and the ingredients and all the good stuff that you would never know about. The research I'm talking about that's bad is when you've actually produced some advertising and then you test it in focus groups. And as I've always said, you know, this, an, a, an ad campaign can live and die on the words of like, a dozen people sat in a sub-basement of a sh shopping mall in Boise, bloody Idaho, who were being paid $20, and they can kill your ad campaign. That's the kind of research I don't like. The story, yeah, that was Dr. Ernst Ludwig Doktorman, and he was, he was the chief chemist, researcher, whatever the hell it was, and he would taste all the ingredients that went into... Um, Arrow cordials, which was a division of human cordials, are what American call Americans call liqueurs. You know, so like creme de menthe and blackberry brandy and all that kind of shit. Yeah. So he would taste all the um, the ingredients. So to keep his palate clean, he would never eat any condiments. You know, salt, pepper, mustard, pickles, or anything like that. But he was at a cocktail party one time with his wife, and the woman who was hosting the party was famous for her pickles and she insisted that he try one and he did so for three days he had to stop production of arrow cordials because his taste buds were all fucked up anyway and the thing was and we i ran we did this campaign with him for about four years and then he died but that was okay because the next time i did i put a big black border around it and did an r.i.p document ad based on that unfortunately i had a trainee who was uh, who'd been working under him who looked even more germanic than the doctor so that was good what great creative or great campaigns have you seen happening today uh hardly any i mean no to, to be honest there's some there's some good stuff out there but in general it's but, but don't forget you see Advertising has always been, when you look at advertising, you look at the stuff that wins awards and so on, and it's great. And some of it's really great. But that's like, that's the tip of the iceberg. That's like 5%. Most advertising is pure, unadulterated shit. Not only is it shit, it's a complete waste of money. You know, 90% um, of the advertising that runs has absolutely no effect on people whatsoever. But don't tell the clients that. I will stop spending money, you know. So tell me then, when you, what do you think the future is going to look like f for the advertising? Oh, terrible! Or... Disaster! It'll continue. Don't forget. See, I've always, never forget. Advertising is the second oldest profession in the world. 
you know what the, the oldest one is, obviously, which is prostitution. And advertising followed very quickly on that because if you go to Pompeii in southern Italy and you see, you know, the whole city that was destroyed with the eruption of the volcano and it covered everything up. And one of the things it covered up were wall paintings that were advertisements for brothels. So you see, the brothels came first, and then the advertising profession came saying, and we've been there ever since. And when World War Three finally breaks out and everything is destroyed, all that will be left will be cockroaches and advertising people. Well, George, it's been great talking to you. You've had an amazing career. Uh, your blog is certainly <laughs> it's one not of over yet. <laughs> yeah, but certainly not over yet. And your blog is certainly one of my favorites and one that I read all the time. Um, which I believe your blog is adscam.typepad.com. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. I urge everybody to pick up Confessions of a Madman if you want to really hear a little bit more from George and some of his stories that are very much uncensored. It was great having yeah. you here, George, today, and uh, you have a great day. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Danny. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the podcast of the International Association of Business Communicators, produced in Ottawa at MediaStyle. For more information, visit ottawa.iabc.com.